This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And their families. NCMIC, leading the way with a positive impact on our community, customers, and company every single day. Hi, I'm Mike McCoy, CEO at NCMIC. Our employees love it here. We love the culture. We work hard and have fun. We know life happens, and we really do have work-life balance. We think it's a step above the rest with endless possibilities. There's more for you here. Can you see yourself at NCMIC? We sure can. Every one of us is empowered to do the right thing. We have the expertise and the heart to stand up for those we serve. We come through for them. That's because we take care of our own, our customers, and our employees. Apply now at ncmicgroup.com. Hi, I'm Sheena. As I walk through NCMIC, I see happy, smiling faces. We know that employees who enjoy themselves and feel they're making a difference are more productive. We take time to have fun at work and celebrate each other and our accomplishments. Hi, this is Ahmed, and working at NCMIC for over 10 years has been great for me and my family. So come join us, learn more, and apply now at ncmicgroup.com. From the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Condon, Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you for uh, the next hour. Not quite. Lots to get to. John Bowenkamp coming up momentarily, writing for HawkeyeNation.com, amongst other entities. Uh, he'll join us. We'll talk football and basketball. Six o'clock kick tomorrow night. FS1 has the TV. Uh, WHO has the radio call. I believe the coverage gets down their way down the hall at four o'clock. Yeah, they'll be starting early, and if you're Looking, uh, maybe you're a Cyclone fan looking for something different. Well, we'll have the play-by-play here on KXNO of Southeast Polk against Pleasant Valley, followed by Ankeny against Dowling Catholic. Uh, both of those games, 4 o'clock and 7.30 over the uh, slated kickoff times for both of those. Let's get to John Bowenkamp. Uh, the Gophers, the Hawks will head to the Twin Cities, where apparently it's snowing. Uh, as as we speak here today, how about that, John Bowenkamp? I kind of hope it sticks around and maybe accumulates a little bit in advance of tomorrow night's game. And whatever, I just love games in the, you know, inclement, snowy conditions. It's football in the fall, after all. At this point, anything's possible. I mean, it's I mean, you think about last week; it was seventy degrees in Iowa. Yeah, it's wonderful, you know. And so, yeah, at this point, I, I expect you know anything during during this football season. So, yeah. No, isn't out of the question at this point. John, you were you participated in the coaches and the players zooms uh, that took part earlier in the week. Did, did did you find the the mood any different? I mean, Owen two will do that to you, right? You don't want to come down, sure. you know, down in the mouth and downtrodden and giving up on the season. But putting one in the wind column in the fashion that they did so, I can't ask you if you saw a bounce in their step because they were sitting down in front of a computer. <laughs> but you get my point. Did you notice? I mean, was there a difference, John? 
Sure, and I mean, I, I think I mean you noticed it on Saturday, obviously, and and you noticed it again on Tuesday. That it's like okay, and and you, as you said, not only was it a win, but it was a big win. I mean, that game was pretty much over with at halftime. And when you're zero and two, and and you've made a lot of mistakes, and you haven't played well, and you you haven't had you know you haven't established your identity to get a win like that, I think was pretty big for them. And and I you could tell, yeah, I mean, Kirk was Kirk, and but I mean for the players, you could tell there was. There's a different mood, and I mean, and I think I think now that that they realize that okay, you know, that little streak's over with. They got to win, you know, go on the road this weekend against a rival on a Friday night, which which is something different. And and I, I think they were genuinely happy to be where they were at right now. One and two on the season for both of these teams, but feels a little bit different. I was so close in their two losses. The defense continues to be an issue. Against two good teams against, in the Big Ten West. Yeah, absolutely. The two best teams, at least right now, in yeah. terms of, of wins on the season. It feels like two programs at different spots. Who can handle a rough season more? Iowa Kirk Ferentz after what they went through, or Minnesota after the big breakthrough a year ago, maybe going back to being Minnesota again that we're used to after that breakthrough season. Who could afford it more in your mind? I think I think um, that's a good question. Uh, I, I I think that that these are both programs that really need to get a win on Friday night. And I mean, because again, you're talking about you get to one and three, and and you know. But for Minnesota, I think they thought after last year, I think they thought, okay, this is this is on the right track. I mean, think about where they were the last time these two teams played. You know, and I mean, they're undefeated, and they yep. come in and and all that. And so, I mean, for for. For Minnesota, I think they got to get things going here. I mean, because because after last season, you know, they, there was a lot of momentum coming in this year, and it's gone now. So, I mean, I, I think that, that this is this is a very important game for them because I mean, you get to what if you're at one and three, then it's going to feel like okay, it's just like every you know, it starts to feel like the old days again. So, I, I think that you know, for them, after what happened last year, I think that, that they thought that something good was going to happen again this year, and it just hasn't happened yet. Who beat Minnesota? Uh, who did Minnesota beat the week before last year? Was it Penn State? It was Penn, Penn State. State yep. That's what I thought. Yeah, huge emotional game mm-hmm. uh, up in the Twin Cities, and I would yep. jumped on them early. Did they? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, never gave them a chance. Well, uh, let's let's uh, continue on with this one, John. Uh, Amir Smith Marset is is back, um, and he made a statement. Uh, went public, um, seemed to show a great deal of contrition and realized the error of his ways. Um, where would where does he fit in? Does he go right back into his spot? I mean, I, what I what I like, I like a lot of things about Petrus. I, I do, admittedly, uh, but he's spreading the ball around a little bit. He did that a lot last week. Where does uh, Smith Marset? I mean, he's gonna he's gonna go right back to where he was. I would assume, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think that that I mean, I think he's he's said the right things, and and the fact that he's back on in his normal spot on the depth chart said that he's done the right things. In Kirk's mind, and so so I, I think that you know yeah I think he becomes a big part of this offense again. Um, but yeah, you're right. He, Spencer Peters has been spreading the ball around, and I mean you could see that last week in in the receivers that he used. And I and I noticed the other day when I was writing my Brandon Smith story, and I went through the stats, and he really has. I mean, it really has gone different places this year. And you can do that when you have the offensive weapons they have, but but. You know, in Amir's case, I, th- I think he's back. You know, I mean, he'll be back in the starting lineup. He'll be back out there, and I mean, that's just one more piece for that offense to use. And I, I think now, as Spencer Peters gets more comfortable, I think you're going to see him get the ball to these receivers a lot more. The offensive line for Minnesota hasn't been great, and of course, COVID has been a part of that. Their huge uh, guy out there, what Fafalele, he's <laughs> been out. 
400 pounds, 405, I think is what he's Six, listening nine. at. Just an absolute behemoth out there. This defensive front, I thought, played a lot better against Michigan State. Admittedly, it was Michigan State, a team that hasn't looked very good outside of one week. Your thoughts on this defensive line generating pressure and doing it without having to bring linebackers, safeties, guys off the edge? Well, I think, I think last week probably gave them a little bit of confidence. And again, I think it was, it was a unit that was, that was going to need some time to get used to each other, I think, a little bit. And I, I think they did that last week. So, so again, I, I think this is another opportunity for them this week to, to get some pressure and get some heat because, I, I mean, I think that makes that defense better if you could do that. If you're not getting a pass rush, then it kind of exposes some things in, in that back end. But, yeah, that to me is the biggest thing is, is can you take that momentum from last week, carry it into this week, and I think they can, they can do that against this Minnesota offensive line. Uh, what's uh, a number of things impressed me last week? The secondary, I think, is having a, a pretty good go of it. Yeah, they uh, that uh, the touchdown late uh, in the Purdue game. Maybe Belton got a little bit lost. I think it was Belton. Um, but but last week, I mean, Ricky White came into that football game uh, the week before. He just torched Michigan's secondary. Just torched them. They had one catch uh, against the Hawks. Secondary, uh, Kerner's making plays. We we can we've come to uh, you know expect that out of him. He's Riley Moss is making some plays back there uh secondary and they've got a, t- a t- test tomorrow night let's face it uh this isn't easy going up against this no. terrific terrific receiving core uh for the gophers tomorrow night um another test john bowen camp for them because it's not going to be easy trying to shut down rashad bateman old numbers double zero he's uh he's a player and again that's why you got to get pressure up front i think yeah. you got to ease that and then that eases the pressure on them in the back but again, I, I'll say the same thing about the secondary that I'll say that they said about the defensive line. You, they're getting to play with each other now, and, and they, they, they're getting to know each other and, and know what they can do. And, and again, now you've had a few weeks of games, and you kind of figured it out. So I, I think they've gotten better. But yeah, you're right. Tomorrow night's a big test, and that's why they're going to have to make they're going to have to disrupt that passing game up front. If they can do that, it, it kind of eases the pressure because if you let them if you let them sit back there and, and throw you're going to have some problems with that receiving course. So, again, I, I think we have to see the continual improvement of this defense front and back tomorrow if they're going to have a chance to win. Uh, real quick, who do you like? And I see Big Ten Network moved the Northwestern Purdue game late afternoon. It was originally 6.30. One of the, I think there was a handful of games at that time. They mm-hmm. took the slot that was going to be, not on CBS, but obviously there's a window mm-hmm. there with Alabama and LSU not playing. Is that when Ohio State-Maryland was also scheduled 2.30? Uh, they so, were, yeah. yeah, they were middle yeah. of the afternoon. So all of a sudden, there's a uh-huh. Big Ten West game. John, you're just your thoughts. You've seen Purdue, you've seen Northwestern. They both put one over on Iowa. Do you have an opinion on this game that is now a 4 o'clock kick uh, in West Lafayette? You know, I... Not, I don't know. I, it, it's going to be an interesting game, I think. And I mean, because both those teams, I find them to be interesting. I mean, when, when Iowa saw them, you know, in those first couple of weeks, you didn't, you didn't quite know where they're at, you know, either of these teams are at. Now you kind of get an idea now after three games. And, and so, I, you know, it, it's funny to think that this is, this is a big game for, in this division. At the beginning of the year, who would have thought? Yeah, that's you just know, it. So, right. I mean, I, I, for some reason, I like Northwestern. I don't know why. I mean, I just, I just have a feeling this is this is one of their more interesting teams under under Pat Fitzgerald. So I I, I kind of like them on Saturday. I, I can't explain it. I just kind of like. 
Like and fits. That sounds like the wise yeah. owl right there. Exactly. All right, let's get uh, to your other love, and that is college hoops as a whole. Let's start with the top five Iowa Hawkeyes. You were an AP a voter for a number of years, John. You know the process here. And to think, A, Fred McCaffrey's never even had a preseason top 25 team. And, and just you look at history, and Iowa's not had these kind of expectations in a very long time. They're taking them head on, which came as a bit of a surprise to me. Not so much Fran, but the rest of the team, they're taking this, and they're happy to be, it sounds like, in the top five. Yeah, I mean, and, and that was, you know, and it, it's something, you know, Fran said on Monday when, when we talked, when we got to meet with him, that, you know, this is this is why you, you play the game. This mm-hmm. is why you, you, you want to do this. You want to have these expectations. You want to have this opportunity. And, I mean, it's why they're playing, you know, Gonzaga in, in Sioux Falls. It's why they're, you know, it's, it's why they're doing some of the things they're doing here. And so, I, I mean, I think he knows that this is, this is a big opportunity for this team and this program. And I think that, that they're really looking. And, and this is going to be a strange season. We know that's coming. But, but I think they really embrace this. And, and I think because I think they know they're pretty good. I mean, you, you have the best player in the country. Right. You know, you have, but you have a lot of pieces around him. It's not just one guy. And it that makes this a very difficult team to defend. So I think they, I think they really like this. I think, I mean, I mean, for for this program, this is a big moment for them, and I think they they really like the opportunity that's ahead. Uh, big Ten not going to be easy. There's a whole bunch of nope. teams that are that find themselves ranked going into things. Um, Wisconsin's got a bunch of guys returning on uh, as well, a bunch of senior leadership on that team. Of course, you can never write off Izzo. Uh, but Illinois is uh, going to be a wonder. Once we see them, the schedule come out, it's going to be great. Those, those Both of those games, and I'm assuming we'll get it twice, uh, Appointment TV. How do you rank the Big Ten preseason-wise? Do, is, is Iowa deservedly the team to beat in the Big Ten, or can you make a strong case that you know, maybe that this team might be a little bit better? I'm, 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 I'm going to pick them to win the Big Ten. And I mean, but, I mean, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a grind. And, and this, the worst thing about it is this is going to be a year when you're not going to have any fans in the stand. Probably and not. this would be such a fun year to go to some of these arenas and, you know, see the packed crowd and all that. But I, but I think that, I mean, I think Iowa, I, I think Luca Garza just makes that, that difference in my mind. And so, I mean, if, and, but I mean, and the experience too. I mean, Wisconsin is comparable in terms of yep. numbers of minutes played when you looked at, when you look at the roster and, and number of starts and all that. Um, Illinois is so talented. And, and, and I mean, and you, like you said, Michigan State. And you can go down. I mean, there there may be a surprise out of that group. I mean, you know, maybe Ohio State surprises mm-hmm. some people. I don't know, but um, I, I put Iowa at the top just because of Luca Garza and the fact that last year nobody knew how to defend him, and this year it's the same sort of deal. And and you've got Jordan Bohannon back, and you've got guys that are a year older now, and so that's why I, I really think Iowa is a favorite. In my mind, is a favorite. Crystal ball when we get to March. There's mm-hmm. continued conversations. We heard the ACC, what, a month and a half ago, talking about just expanding this thing out and jumping up to 130-some teams. <laughs> 32 teams, maybe all that gets in, you take away automatic bids and just bring in the top 32, try to bubble them all together in one event. What do you anticipate the NCAA tournament's going to look like? I think that, that, that their hope right now is for a normal bracket. It's not going to be a normal tournament, but I think for a normal 68-team bracket, and I think in, in, in putting them in, in certain spots in, in a bubble sort of situation 
which is fine. I mean, that's that's. I mean, it, it, whatever gets them. But I think the NCA knows they want. I think the NCA really wants that full tournament. I think they, you know, I mean, there, there may be some break the glass options for them somewhere along the line, and maybe we hear about it. But I, I think right now they want to do, and I think they can do it. I think it's possible, um, and I, I think that's their hope right now. John, why haven't we? I mean, Barta wants to do it. Pollard wants to do it. Uh, McCaffrey wants to do it. Prome wants to do it. Why don't we know when they're going to do it? And that's play the Cyhawk. Fenley had his press conference yesterday. He mentioned taking on Bluter's bunch. Uh, and but they, there's no date for that yet. There's no date for either. And what's the holdup, John? Is there one? I, I I think they're just waiting for the Big Ten schedule so they can just release it all at once. But um, I, I think right now, <clears throat> excuse me, I think they're right now just kind of waiting to see what the Big Ten schedule looks like. And, and I mean, because we don't know. I mean, you're sitting there thinking about it. We're, we're two weeks away, and we still don't have a schedule in hand. And, I mean, it's it's really interesting why this hasn't happened. I don't know why it hasn't happened from the, from the conference yet. I don't know. And, and I mean, nobody seems to know what the holdup is. But, I mean, I'd really like to know. And I think, you know, I'd really like to know when these teams are going to play. Because I, it just, it, it's just it's fascinating for me that at this point we don't have a full schedule yet. And I don't have an explanation for it. John, uh, you can read all your college basketball thoughts across the state of Iowa, iowacollegehoops.com. With that, uh, let's take a look away from the Hawkeyes. Iowa State, certainly an unknown. Drake as the continued turnover happening there as they wait for Tucker DeVries to arrive next season. Still, DeVries has done such a great job there. want to ask you, though, about the UNI Panthers. Regular season champs a year ago, A.J. Green went through the NBA process, what little process there was, and now he's going to be back on campus with his dad, the assistant coach. Your thoughts on the Panthers? Just how good is this team going to be this year? I think really good. And I and I think and again you talk about one of those where you, you, they're wanting to challenge themselves. I mean they're, they're going to get that game against Wisconsin, you know, here in the in the next few weeks. Um, I, I think this is a really good team. I, I, I think this is you know, and I did their preview for Blue Ribbon Yearbook. And when I talked to Jake in the summertime, he really liked this team. And I mean, it, it's it's very deep. I mean, he's it, he's going to be able to use. I mean, he's usually in the past he's kind of redshirted some freshmen. I, he's going to use everybody, and I mean, I think they're very deep. I think they're very good, and I think AJ Green is, is is magnificent. I think he's a great player. And you think about, you know, could they have made the tournament last year after getting after the losing down in St. Louis? I don't know, but I think they're in much better shape this year to make a case for themselves when it gets to March because I think this this is an extremely talented team. Uh, John, thanks for tweeting out that Dodgers fan video when the uh, when, when strike three crossed the plate. It was, uh, it was great to see those reactions. Uh, I clicked on it, and I'm a Blue Jays fan, and I still enjoyed seeing the euphoria. You, you, yeah, I, I wish that you, you would have loved my reaction. I bet. Um, <laughs> yes. So um, I did. Uh, it was similar. So that's that's all. That's all. I'll say I appreciate that. you tweeting it, John Bowen Camp. <laughs> John, we'll talk to you down the road. Thank you. All right, thanks. Have a good day. Yeah, you're the same. John Bowenkamp, HawkeyeNation.com. And what's the basketball site? Iowa Basketball? IowaCollegeHoops.com. IowaCollegeHoops.com. And that's his, right? That is, yep. IowaCollegeHoops.com. Good for John Bowenkamp. All right, let's do this. Trent Connor, we're going to get back into college football. It's time for another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword WIN to 200-200. Your chance to win 1000 bucks. 200-200. 
confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, Jeffrey Miller, you can go to uh, KXNO's Facebook page. I'm going to shoot the air pistol and try and win you a prize. Well, I'll hit something. You're a good shot, right? I'm going for the $50 worth of... I think I'm going to put some grub on Jeffrey Miller's... Thanksgiving table. That sounds good. A little Thanksgiving ham? Yeah, a little Thanksgiving ham. Maybe hit the $50 one. Put a little bacon out there for him, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jeff, that's what I'm going to try and hit for you, Jeffrey Miller. That is next on the Facebook, Kexano's Facebook page. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 Kexano, 106.3 FM. We are Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 AM. And now, 106.3 FM. This is Kexano's Sports Illinois. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Take you up towards noon. Tigers underway at the Masters. He's one under through five. The leaders four under. That's Lee Westwood. Uh, Lee Westwood four under through eight. Tiger off to a good start. Nothing thus far on Zach Johnson. A couple of other names. Jordan Spieth is one other. Uh, Xander Shoffley two under. Scotty Scheffler and Webb Simpson, two under. Oosthuizen, two under. So that's a quick update, <laughs> a weird update on the Masters on November the 12th. But here we are. As we switched back to college football, Pete Futek, college bas- uh, collegefootballnews.com. I got my sports mix up, Pete. I apologize. Trent and Ken, thank you for coming on. How are you? You know, the Masters now kind of sucks because, like, the whole point of the Masters is that it's going to be spring. It's going to, like, summer's coming. We get to go golfing again. We get to get out. That's why the Masters is awesome. Now it's like, oh, great. It's like 38 degrees here, and it's going to snow and be awful for the next six months. So right. it, it's not, it doesn't, it's like, okay, it's a golf tournament. It looks pretty. But the whole point is like, okay, now we're here. We're about to turn the corner. That's the point of the Masters, not, you know, this. Now I'm with you. 2021, hopefully we'll be turning a corner. A lot of corners will be turned, and we'll get that Masters, and maybe they'll even be patrons uh, on the golf course. Uh, Peter, why don't you just... Know, but, like, chalk me up as the person who says no to patrons. I don't need more people on the golf course yelling, you the man, and yelling <laughs> yeah. stuff. I am totally cool with no fans at golf. Other sports, yes. Golf course, golf, I'm totally fine with no fans in the stands. Hey, well, I'm, I, I get the college basketball's coming back and there's not a lot of TV slots perhaps, but boy, oh boy, the Maction, we get it next week, and the first two weeks have just been spectacular, right? Whatever game you're tu- you tune into, you're going to see something that you don't normally see in college football. I mean, last night it was the Toledo-Western Michigan finish, which was amazing. Um, why do you think that's the case, Pete, that they're switching back to Saturday where they will sadly get lost in the shuffle with everybody else? Is it the fact that there's just um, no time slot, TV time slots available that they're doing this after Thanksgiving? I'm guessing I'm guessing it's all that. It, it's, it, it, they do want to get back to some normal schedule because they do actually go to school. Oh, I forgot about that. Tuesday and Wednesday games really mess you up, even for – you know, college football teams are on different schedules than everyone else anyway. There, there is a little bit of that. Finals are going to start to kick in for these guys. Uh, so you don't really want to kill them too much in that way. Uh, but, yeah, it's, 
but look, everyone's in demand. And look, I can tell you from high traffic and interest, it's the, the gambling crowd goes ballistic right. over action. They love it. It's huge. And last night, God help you if you had Toledo. Mm. And, and you know, if you had Western Michigan last night, all of a sudden, the, the, your entire world turned in one, you know, one amazing final few minutes there. But it's fine, you know. Some of these, some of these games are awful. You can tell who's going to get destroyed. Uh, but look, some, some of these games are a whole lot of fun. Pete, let's jump in and stay in the upper Midwest, but go to the Big Ten. A cancellation this week with Ohio State, Maryland. Maryland team, talk about a turnaround from week one to week two mm-hmm. and week three, what they have been. Just absolutely incredible. But I want to start with your alma mater, Wisconsin. They have been off since week one. The Nebraska game off the board. Purdue game off the board. And now they get Michigan. And the great unknown, your thoughts overall, way, the way this has gone down for your program that you cheer for in Wisconsin and, and the response that you've seen from the Badger program. Uh, it's been as good as you could possibly ask for considering the circumstances. But look, you know, from a competitive balance standpoint, it stinks. I mean, because if you're Northwestern or if you're Iowa, oh, great, we get to play Wisconsin and Purdue and Nebraska. Yeah. I mean, look at the West. The West is awful. So you, we, we still don't quite know what Wisconsin is because, you know, ooh, we'll, you know beating Illinois, you know, who couldn't do that? Uh, so we don't know just how good this team is. So we'll see a little more this year, obviously, or this week, obviously. But like now, it's, you know, it's, it's not—it's a bad break for these other teams who have to now play this team. And look, one more missed game for whatever reason, and all of a sudden it's Northwestern who's right on the doorstep of going to a second Big Ten championship in three years. So it's, it's, it's the system's working. It's what it's supposed to do. I am a hundred. I know it's a little bit of overkill in terms of timing, and there haven't really been the the, the heart issues and concerns that everyone had mm-hmm. on, on a massive scale. I'm fine with the 21 day thing. I think it's a good rule. I think it really kind of helps everyone kind of focus and lock down that much harder uh, because of the disincentive to uh, do anything uh, that might not you know keep everyone safe. So it's fine, you know. I am, I am, I'm a hundred percent cool with them not having guys around for uh, the 21 days, and let's see what they're like now against Michigan. Who, if Wisconsin's totally healthy and is totally fine, if Michigan plays like it did the last two weeks, should absolutely get trucked. And if that happens, uh, that's a bad start for Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines. No doubt about it. Let's switch to the Big 12 because we feel that Iowa State's in a really good spot to get one of those two spots in the championship game. They're 5-1. and one. Oklahoma State's only got one loss, but they've played one fewer game. They'll make it up with Baylor on December the 12th, I want to say. Uh, Oklahoma seems to be hitting their stride. I'm not sure what K-State is. Texas, Sam Ellinger can win a football game any given Saturday. He's that good, and he's uh, he means that much to his team. But when you look at Iowa State from afar, don't you think that with K-State at home, on the road at Texas, and West Virginia in Ames to end the season, that it's, let's, it would be a disappointment to the Cyclone fans if they don't play for a conference championship? Without question. The Big 12 is awful. It, it just is. It, it, there's no reason. If you're going to take it, take it this year. Uh, Oklahoma is, like you said, hitting its stride, but it's also hitting its stride because it's beating awful teams. Good point. Yeah, that's uh, true. Oklahoma State's defense is good. That offense just isn't isn't as explosive as it should be. You know, everyone. You know, Kansas is the free space each and every week, and Texas Tech, for some reason, has decided to stop playing offense. 
So you're really only talking about an eight-team league. And all of a sudden, Iowa State's most of the way through it, and they've gotten through pretty clean. So uh, so in terms of conference play, yeah, absolutely. If, if Iowa State isn't playing for the conference championship this year, when's it going to happen? I mean, because Iowa State's okay. It's not a great team. But in the Big 12 this year, that's good enough. After the top four, and really top five if you throw Florida in the mix because they'd get Alabama in a championship game. Give me a and Trent, put them Well, on the they line. won't get to a championship game. I know, because Alabama beat them. And, and well. is it A&M that's best positioned out of that next tier after the five when you throw Florida in there to get to the playoff better than the undefeated Cincinnati and BYU, the Miamis, even Indiana, a team like that? Do you think it is them, A&M, that is best positioned to get into a playoff? Yeah, they don't have to play Alabama again. Right. Look, it's, uh, Alabama, yeah, it, you're right. I mean, they don't have to play in a championship. That's a plus. Uh-huh. And it's just, you know, look, Ohio State got that break a few years ago. Alabama right. got that break a few years ago where if you're, if you're not playing a championship game, it's part of the problem with the system is that you're actually rewarded. You know, you're, you're not having to deal with that one extra game. Uh, they're going to miss this week, but if they run through the rest, they have Auburn at, at Auburn at the rest of at the end of the uh, regular season. Assuming they get by LSU fine, which they should, you know, yeah, they're right there. And if Florida loses again, it's either um, Florida, Texas A&M, or if Notre Dame gets through clean, the loser of Clemson, uh, Notre Dame in the ACC championship game are going to be right there. The problem with Cincinnati and, Buff- and BYU is they haven't played anybody. They, look, Houston's not good. SMU has a nice record. They're not good. Memphis is not that good. Mm-hmm. Neither one of them plays a Power 5 game this year. It's not their fault. And BYU had an amazing schedule uh, originally set up with a whole lot of Power 5 games uh, that got completely blown away because of everything that's happening. So they had to do what they could just to get a season together. But their best game was against Boise State, who was missing their, enti- was missing, uh, their starting quarterback, yep. starting running back, and uh, lost its second-string quarterback right out of the gate. So it's, they didn't play defense. And it was a good BYU team, but it's just not fair. And then in terms of Indiana, you talk about not fair. Uh, yeah, okay, you beat Michigan and Penn State. That's great. Now go to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Now go to Wisconsin. You know, their schedule is brutal. So they're a real deal, but they're not going to be in the college football playoffs. So like you said, right now it's Alabama, it's Ohio State, uh, it's Clemson, Notre Dame, Florida, Texas A&M. Out of those teams, four of them are going to play for the college football playoff, be in the college football playoff. And I do think at the end of the day, it's going to be Alabama, uh, Ohio State, Clemson. Out of those three, one of them is going to win the national championship. Uh, how about, uh, you know, credit where credit is due, at least for me. I, I didn't think Ian Book had that uh, kind of game in him to do what he did last week against Clemson. Not that he's a bad quarterback. I just didn't think he had another level to his game. He showed it now, last why week. Why do you say that? I, I, like I say, I, I, yeah, it's funny because all Irish fans think the same way. And I keep telling them, what haven't you seen over the last three years? This guy does this every Came doing the clutch against Virginia Tech last year. He's taken the team to a college football playoff. Yep. He's been more clutch than you think, but you're right. Not to cut you off, Jimmy, but that, that's the perception of him. Is that he's just sort of a eh, quarterback when really he that, that's kind of him. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, he, he doesn't throw a lot of touchdown passes. He's not big. 
He's, he's just, a little guy. There's just something about it. I didn't think he had that gamer type uh, in him that he showed last week. I mean, he had a phenomenal game. And yeah, I get it. Clemson was missing a couple of really big parts on, on defense. And then Breesy got knocked out of the football game late in the game. And he's going to be a star before his career comes and goes. But he's, you know, he's just getting into it now. Uh, but Notre Dame and Ian Book, uh, that, was, that, that got my attention. I, th- I don't think I'm alone here, Pete. Yeah, you're not. And like I said, it, it's crazy, but there's that perception because he's not Trevor Lawrence. He's not Justin Fields. He's not DJ Uyunglele. He's not that NFL guy who, who's going to be a sure thing, you know, top five overall pick. But if, he, if you remember, you know, first of all, these guys been around for forever, yeah. so he's got the experience. And it, it gets forgotten that in that year that they went to the uh, college football playoff, they, he was a third down machine. He like that guy through his legs and arm. He came through time and time and time again. He's not like you said. He's not spectacular. He's not going to wing it around for 400 yards a game. He's not going to be that guy. Uh, but he's been very, very good for Notre Dame. And look, the key to Notre Dame is their lines are strong. It's not a sexy team. They're not Alabama when it comes to putting up a gajillion points. Uh, they're not going to do a whole lot offensively. It's going to really wow you. They don't have a lot of brand name stars like you just said, you know, mentioned Ian Book. You know, he's actually really good, but he doesn't have that you know star power. But their lines are fantastic. They held up great against Clemson. And look, the defense completely shut down Travis Etienne in that running game. They did. So th- they're they're good enough. I don't think they're good enough to win the national championship, but they are certainly going to be. I I think. But the problem is. Three of their last four games are on the road, and they're all landmines. I mean, they could they could have a problem with Boston mm-hmm. College on the wrong day. Yep. They could have a problem in North Carolina. I believe the other one's Wake Forest, which is not getting any love for being a pretty good team. So they got to get through all that and then get through Clemson and get and probably get to the championship. Pete, the college football championship game is scheduled for Monday, January 11th. Of course, semifinals on the four, first this year. Will that happen? Not not will the game happen. I don't think there's any doubt the game will happen in some form or fashion. But will it happen on that Monday night? Yeah. Uh, look, they're not going to mess around with the college football playoff timing. I mean, remember what the college football playoff is? is it's the job of the committee. It's the job of the, uh, the panel of judges to say, okay, you all play your college football season. Whatever happens from that, we're going to analyze it and come up with our best team. Doesn't matter who's playing, who's knocked out, how this works out. However, you get to the four teams, however you get to you know the end of the season, they're going to judge us from there, and it's going to go on from there. Now, you might not have the fans like normal, which kind of makes things a little bit quirky depending on locations. We have a Rose Bowl and a Sugar Bowl where uh, you're going to have you know very interesting settings for it, but they're going to go on like normal. What's going to be really, really, really weird? December nineteenth. December 19th is going to be Championship Saturday. We have all the Power 5 Conference Championships. I believe the Pac-12 Championships is going to be the night before. We have all the other cha- all the regular championship games. And now you're going to have a slew of meaningless makeup games, <laughs> which I'm not sure why they're going to play other than to try to grab some cash. Yep. But, okay, so you guys get to go out there and have some fun. All right, that's fine. Go have your fun. You're going to have a bunch of meaningless games, and you're going to have the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl <laughs> starting up on the 19th on that same day. So there's going to be a whole lot of weird 
starting in mid-December on through the end of the college football playoff. And Big Ten will play seven versus seven and six versus six and five versus five. I like five. that, though. That's I do, fun. but there's there's so much. It's almost like Pac-12 overkill. doing something similar? I know they're playing their championship game the night before. That's it. I think that they talked about that, Trent. I think you're right. Anyways, Pete, great to talk to you. Thank you, Pete Futek. Appreciate your contribution. Hey, time, guys. You have a good one. Yeah, thank you. Pete Futek, collegefootballnews.com. I love Pete. Yeah, he's, Pete's good. Yes. Uh, December 19th, almost overkill. Almost almost overkill. Now, Greg Sankey said something yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, SEC commissioner. The flexibility, I think, what's the word he was using? Flexibility. I'll use that one. Okay. Paraphrasing. Um, to me, it didn't sound like the January 1st games were, the semifinals were, yeah, that's when we want to play. Mm-hmm. Because the NFL plays on Saturday, starting the following week, oh, right? Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, they don't want to. They don't want to compete against the the NFL. So do you move those to Friday night? Well, you could. That's my point. I that's. I think three you, o'clock, seven thirty. You got to be flexible, Trent. Yes. Right. There's there's no Rose Bowl parade this year. Exactly. So it's not like you have the parade and then you stick around yeah. and there's a football. Game. Did you see the parade when we were out there in two thousand? What was it? 15? Did not. We, uh, I was tailgating already that day. I don't got time for parades. Come on. There's beer to be drank. Yeah. I'm not going to be sitting watching a parade. We went the day after, though, and looked at all the floats. They have them set up and you oh, can walk you around. Oh, you did. That was really, really cool to see the floats, see just the how incredible it yeah. is with actual flowers. And you could get right close to yeah, them? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could get within five feet yeah. and that close and just see the, the workmanship that, that was there. So that was really cool. But a parade? Nah. No, I'm nah. with you. Nah. I mean, the, we saw the stands being set up, You're et, right. et cetera, yep. et cetera. So how did you know about that? How did you find out about just that? Just somebody mentioned it to us, and I think we paid as like five bucks to, to get into okay. this area where they this huge park that they have them all parked at for a couple of days afterwards so people can come in and, and get a closer look. It was really cool. So if uh, anybody ever makes a return to the Rose Bowl, hopefully, fingers mm. crossed, you're in the semi future we'll uh yeah i would definitely say parade if you want to do it fine but uh that's really cool to be able to do afterwards one other thing byu schedule did you have you ever looked at this thing the way it was set up well it was it was all piecemeal it was they, they right were but the original schedule oh no well i mean i'm sure i have but i don't remember it at utah michigan state wow. arizona state wow at minnesota legit utah state okay right there down missouri after that uh-huh. houston at Jeez. niu Boise, San Diego State. That's a big time schedule, and they finish up at Stanford. That's a big time schedule. They go twelve and zero through that thing. Yeah. Put them in this. Come on. Now, well, I mean, the, the, their hand was forced, right? right? And they made the best. Of, and didn't Pete just say who said Marshall is going to and BYU yeah. are trying to play each other on that? Thing? Another point with BYU, since they're an independent, in order to get into a New Year's Six bowl, and we think of well, if you're the highest ranked non. Mm-hmm. But they're not part of that. Mm. They have to actually be in the top six mm. of the playoffs to be in even consideration for it. That really impacts and they've them. got nobody left, right? No, it's ugly. It, well, I mean, it's, the, it's North Alabama next week. All right. They're off for two weeks, <laughs> and then they play San Diego State. Okay. okay. Yeah. San Diego State lost to San Jose State last week, too. Yeah. They're, they're definitely down for their fashion. It's... I, I love the story. I would love love to see anybody from the group of five get in or an independent like this to the playoff, but not this team. Not with that schedule. You just you can't do it. It's awful. Awful uh, teams. The Super Bowl halftime show has just been announced. Ooh, good one. I've never heard of them. Oh boy. <laughs> and this I, I I have honestly never heard. And they're from Canada. Apparently, they're Canadian. They're a Canadian. Rush group. the weekend. Oh yeah. Well, it's it's, it's a guy. It's a guy. It's a guy. 
One guy. Guy. Uh, I think. <laughs> no, I've showed you've, you've heard of them. I've heard, yes, yes. We'll play some weekend coming out no, of the I don't need, we don't need. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll bob your head. You'll like it. All right. Uh, the weekend. The, there's the, we'll hear him, apparently, uh, at the Super Bowl at halftime. The Pepsi halftime show. The weekend. <laughs> W-E-E-K-N-D. Yes. Don't need that extra E in there. Yeah. Uh, they're the Super Bowl halftime show. <laughs> Don't you have to have a group that the majority of the country has heard of? It's a new world. Maybe they tried. The old guys don't want to get on planes. Yeah, go. good point. Yeah, you want to go to Tampa? Fair, no, not this year. So you want the Stones? Uh, I mean, I'd love to have no. the Stones there, but we want them traveling? No, those poor guys. Let Keep them at home in bubble wrap. Yes, yeah. We'll see them in 2022. Uh, the weekend. We'll hear them when we come back. Uh, Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Hey, it's Emery Songer here. Sup, it's Sean Roberts. And we're the hosts of the Saturday Morning Pregame. Right here every Saturday from 8 to 10 on 1460 KXNO and now on 106.3 FM. And everywhere you are. She told me don't worry about it. She told me don't worry. I know you have. I've heard you sing. I've heard of this. The weekend. I thought it was Bruno Mars. No, no. All right. Well, God. You like to change the words. I do. It cracks me up every time. You haven't done it in a while. Haven't you been listening to pop music lately? Apparently not. All right. Well, this is what uh, this is what you're going to hear at the Super Bowl. They'll get you out of your seat. You'll be out of there. I will be going right to the fridge. Super Bowl, what, 55 now, right? 5-5, five, five, I think so. I think so. 50 was in San Francisco. That was Denver. Mm-hmm. Oh, so we got to be close. Anyways, uh, that's the halftime show here today. Thank you for that, Trent Condon. That really cracked me up because I, I thought that was his song, and then I, I looked it up to make sure, and it was because you used to hum that thing I and do. change the I words. and that, yeah. Now it's in your head for the day. Now, now you got to ear a song. What do they call it? A song worm ear? I don't know what it is, but I'll be humming it. But you know what I'll also be doing? I'll be watching golf because the Tiger train's rolling, folks. The big fella, Tiger Woods, is three under through seven. He started on the back nine. The leader uh, is Lee Westwood. He's five under, but Tiger has made up a couple of shots. He's three under through seven. Wouldn't that be something? Come on, Eldrick. Do it. Make me turn to golf. No, don't do that on Saturday, but maybe on Sunday. Early window on the NFL is not good. You can find a little time. Yes, absolutely. Well, we talked about the NFL schedule, how different it looks, because all the CBS games Mm -hmm. are moved to the late afternoon. Got an update from the eight-player semifinals. They're tied up. Low-scoring affair? 66 apiece. Uh Uh, Still two minutes left in the third quarter. Remsen St. Mary's and Montezuma. First one to 100? It's kind of trending that direction. 66-66 with 205 left in the third quarter. Uh, we'll have play-by-play tomorrow with both of the four A's. Uh, Trent and Joe Stacy, the 4 o'clock, Southeast Polk. And then the 7.30 kick between a couple of locals, Ankeny uh, and Dowling Catholic, as they try to march toward eight in a row. Murph and Andy will be here at 2. The Fanatics at 4. Cyclone Fanatic Radio at 6. Hawkeye Nation Radio at 7. Morning Rush tomorrow at 6. We're Miller and Condon weekdays 10 to noon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO 106.3.